Space Gab for 17 May 2013. This is Mike Coletta. Well, space-related stories I'm going to be gabbing about today include Farmers in Space. Well, another GPS satellite is now in orbit. Ghana is starting to get into the space industry one small step at a time. Uh-oh, NASA's Kepler Space Telescope has encountered a problem. All aboard the QE2. Not really. You don't want to board this thing. It's an asteroid about the size of multiple cruise ships. 1998 QE2 is on the way for a close encounter with Earth. What? NASA sending a spy satellite to Mars? Well, you know, everybody's hyped up about a trip to Mars. Reality TV show ideas, applications via video, if you want to go up there, and uh, a one-way trip is what they're saying for that um, effort. But I think eventually they want to get to be where you can go up there and come back, but that's not going to be until the far future. But right now, they're going back to square one thinking, okay, once we get up there, how are we going to survive? Well, now they're looking at ways to grow food on Mars. So they're looking for Martian farmers. Not really, not looking for Martian farmers up there, but for uh, farm techniques to take up to Mars with us from down here. So I'm sure it's going to be a little bit more difficult <laughs> farming up there than it would be farming down here. Although farming down here on Earth is getting kind of difficult too. Uh, if you've been following um, the weather patterns and things like that, so, uh, some of the states are getting very little rain and some are getting a lot of rain. So... Uh, some in, in uh, manageable quantities is the best, but up there on Mars, you know, it's going to be a whole new thing. You know, what's the soil going to be like? Um, is <laughs> the water we get, are we going to be able to um, get it from the planet eventually, uh, way underground, maybe? So sometime maybe they'll find it, I don't know. Um, a comet, a comet tail uh, provides some water as it flies by. Who knows? I mean... But they're looking into it. They're doing studies on farming on Mars. So uh, that's a big thing, growing food up there, because you could only bring so much. And you could only eat so much, uh, so many um, tubes of steak or, or whatever else they're going to bring up there with them. But, yep, so farming on Mars is going to be a big thing. So it's been in the news lately. And um, as they go uh, along and get more information on that, I'll keep my eye out and see what's going on with farming on Mars. So astronaut farmers might be the first types that are really um, valuable to go up there. Well, it looks like that they launched another GPS satellite from Cape Canaveral. Uh, GPS-2F-4 uh, joins the constellation. And already the talk on some of the space-related forums are, hey, here's the number you'll be able to see on your GPS receiver once this baby gets turned on. So another satellite joins the constellation up there, GPS. Um, I know there's been talk on a previous podcast. I actually talked about the Army. Remember that? The Army was looking at a replacement for GPS, not a, not a uh, portion of a system that would... Uh, assist GPS, they were looking for a complete system that would take the place of GPS. I haven't seen that in the news anymore. That was only in there like maybe for a day, so uh, I'll have to look for that completely uh, 
to see if they've actually published some more information on that. But for the time being, GPS is up there. And um, I don't know if the Army is still pursuing that or if that was a, a study that was done or what. But right now the GPS constellation is growing and they just launched a new one. Well, it looks like Ghana is starting to get into the space race, opening their eyes to the space race. They launched a miniature satellite um, on a balloon. They called it the deployable CANSAT. It was about the size of a can of uh, soda. And um, they wanted to demonstrate if they could be done. And it had different things like uh, a little camera on there. And I think it, it didn't go very high, but uh, they, did, they did produce it. They did um, put it together. They did design it. And they launched it. So Ghana is um, taking its first steps to get into the space race. They said they, uh, we, they hope that this practical demonstration of what can be done by students will generate more enthusiasm and fire up their imagination uh, to become uh, to get more creative things going. So good for them. Um, someday they would say they would like to launch a real satellite into orbit, and I have no doubt that they'll be able to do that sometime. Because as you, as you know, many countries, as I've been reporting and gabbing about on Space Gab, talking about them putting satellites up for the first time. Estonia, just a little over a week ago, put its first satellite up. And that was a complete success, and I talked about that. If you want to listen to one of the previous podcasts, I think it was two podcasts ago, where I talked about that satellite. And uh, so Ghana, here's your t they took their first step, a, uh, a can sat, <laughs> and what's next? They'll be up there no time. Good for them. Well, apparently, uh, NASA's Kepler telescope has run into a problem. Uh, it's been in the news a lot lately, uh, all good news. Remember, it, it uh, discovered some possible Earth-like planets, uh, three of them just not too long ago. And it was really doing a good job. And everybody's excited. Actually, um, has been up there pretty much uh, as long as they expected it to be up there. So all this is a bonus for them. Um, but they were hoping that it would last a little bit longer. But apparently... Uh, something has happened with the Kepler telescope, space telescope. Uh, they held a news conference a couple days ago and um, discussed kind of like what they knew. It was very, very early in their process as far as discovering what had happened and trying to figure out why this had happened. Uh, it, it put itself in the safe mode. They found the these, uh, satellite in, in the safe mode, but they weren't sure yet why it had gone into the safe mode. So they're, they're, they said they're going to do more study and... Um, you know, figure out why exactly it did that, and uh, they'll update uh, when they do find out more. Another question that was asked was, well, what if, what if it is done uh, with its planet-searching um, tasks? Is there something else it can u to be uh, used for? Can it look for asteroids, near-Earth objects, things like that? Short answer, they don't know yet. Um, Kepler was really designed for the mission it's doing right now. So taking it and uh, providing... Uh, information on another mission isn't really in the cards right now, they said. They're going to have to look at it because, like you said, asteroids are, are different. The optics um, for this telescope may be completely different for, than the optics would be for, uh, like, the, the, the new mission that's coming on board uh, in the near future, the Sentinel mission that will actually look for uh, near-Earth objects through the B612 Foundation. So Sentinel optics are probably different than the Kepler optics because it was designed for the near-Earth object uh, finding mission where Kepler was designed for something completely different. But 
you still got a nice telescope up there, space telescope, so maybe they can decide to do something with it as far as like asteroids or comets are concerned. We'll keep our eye on that one and uh, discuss that one when we learn more. Well, it looks like asteroid 1998 QE2 is going to make a near-Earth pass. Um, well, near-Earth, meaning it'll be no closer, that they say, than 3.6 million miles, which is about 15 times the distance uh, between the Earth and the Moon. Um, but still, as far as a big asteroid is concerned, that's pretty close. Uh, they say it's the size of uh, about nine different uh, cruise ships. <laughs> Hence, they did not name it the QE2 based on the cruise ship side. They're just com making com some comparisons there. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's, so it's it's pretty good size, asteroid. But um, they say it's not going to hit us, which is good. But what they're going to do is use the closeness of this pass to use their big old radars and grab some good old radar images of the asteroid uh, as it passes by, 1998 QE2. So they'll be able to use some of their big dishes and get some nice high-resolution images, they hope, which will help them learn even more about asteroids. Anytime you got a big one that passes like this, it's best to try to grab as much as you can from it. Uh, well, it does not grab you, of course. But, you know, I, I have to think. Okay, remember DA-14? Uh, that thing was coming a lot closer than this. And it, I don't believe it was as big uh, as this one is, um, even though this one's going to be 15 times the distance that the, uh, the Earth and the Moon are from the Earth here. So hopefully no chance, and I hope they're right. So, But I always have to think, are there any companions that are traveling with it? Like, uh, even though they said the DA-14, what uh, exploded over uh, Russia, the Urals, Russian Urals, wasn't a companion of the DA-14. It was coming from a different way. I always got to wonder still. You know, I just, uh, since they don't know what's up there, all what's up there, they, I don't feel good when they tell me, well, this didn't do, come from this. It came from this. Well, they don't know. They didn't know. They don't know. There's so much they don't know. They don't know about the majority of this stuff up there that's coming our way. Uh, and these uh, long-term orbits and things like that, they don't know. Now, you think that 1998 QE2 could have some companions with it, smaller companions that are maybe in front of it, behind it, below it, above it, and they could come into the atmosphere. You don't, you never know. So whenever one of these things comes uh, on a close approach, what they consider a close approach, I always wonder. I wonder, and then you listen. You go, is something going to be? Did the did the um, meteor trails pick up uh, anymore? Were there any more big booms up there, just like DA-14 um, and the unassociated meteor they talk about that exploded over the Russian Urals? 1998 QE2 is on its way, and they say it's going to get here at the uh, end of the month. So they say right around uh, the 31st of May is when it's going to be its closest. So mm, give or take a day or two. We'll see what else comes in, if it does. So if there's anything else traveling with it that could be in, like, maybe a lower orbit or something, you never know. You know, I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but I'm just logical. Logic tells me that when these things are traveling, 
there's probably things traveling along with them because things break apart and then um, because of the gravitational pull that these large objects have, they're going to have these little orbital objects around it sometimes. And sometimes some break away, sometimes leave, leave its orbit and, and orbit a little bit further away. You never know. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. So May 31st or right around there, asteroid 1998 QE2 is going to be coming by. Okay, and finally, um, in the news, they've been talking about a spy satellite that NASA was uh, offered because the original mission that it was going to be on was not going to be happening, so they offered it to NASA to do something else with it. So one of the things that NASA's thinking about doing with this spy satellite is possibly uh, a trip to Mars to do some mission. But let me just say that this is just early reports. This Mars trip for this spy satellite are, is only probably one uh, idea that they have. They pretty much said that they have to throw all these ideas in the hat and discuss them and uh, pull out the one that makes the most sense. So uh, the use of this spy satellite that they were given um, might be going to Mars and it might not. But uh, somebody out there is starting to report that possibly a Mars mission is in the future for this uh, one-time scheduled spy satellite, which uh, won't be a spy satellite anymore, maybe, uh, but might be another, used for another task. So uh, probably because all this uh, news has been firing up about Mars, uh, the cut-and-paste media is just grabbing stories and throwing a Mars uh, slant on them to get them out there to be read. And I, I, I read it. <laughs> so um, Mars, Mars, Mars. Uh, we're going to hear a lot more about Mars in the, in the future. So we'll see what happens on that. See what uh, idea comes out of the hat eventually. Okay, thanks very much for listening. This has been Space Gab for 17 May 2013. I'm Mike Coletta. As always, you can hear this podcast and others, many others. My archives are all at www.spacegab.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.